Hi, I'm Nick Ginsberg. Today's leadership quote comes from Brene Brown. A brave leader is someone who says, I see you, I hear you, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to keep listening and asking questions. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to episode 136 of the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows. And before we jump into today's interview, I wanted to invite you to check out our upcoming event schedule. We have events for professional development, networking, and training for executive assistants, administrative assistants, executive business partners, chiefs of staff, whatever your title is. If you're in a support admin role, uh, these events are for you. And we have live events, um, we have virtual live events, we have on-site live events, and then we have um, ongoing training and coaching in our premium membership as well. But specifically today, I just wanted to invite you to check out our event schedule at leaderassistantlive.com. That's leaderassistantlive.com. We'll actually be in San Jose in January, so we're excited about that. There's limited tickets available. We're about 75% sold out right now. So leaderassistantlive.com slash San Jose for that one. Uh, but again, just check out the full schedule at leaderassistantlive.com. Hey, friends, thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and I'm very excited to be speaking again with Nick Ginsberg. Nick, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me back. I'm very excited. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't heard uh, Nick in the first episode that we uh chatted on check out episode 18 that's episode 18 uh at dot com slash 18 com slash 18 and that would be our initial conversation i think that was pretty much the first time we had ever um connected nick and uh, it was a great interview I heard lots of great feedback from it uh, again episode 18 you can get more um of Nick's background and kind of his journey into the EA profession. And we talk a lot about uh, different topics on that episode, but I'm not going to uh, regurgitate all of that and have Nick say the same stuff over and over again. So we're going to have kind of a part two here. And the first thing I want to ask Nick is how many um, people, and you know, just, just ballpark rough estimate, have reached out to you since being on that podcast episode. I guess that was a hundred and my math is bad. A hundred and eighteen <laughs> or so uh, episodes ago. Yeah, uh, look, it feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Especially with COVID and my sense of time has gone out the window. But there have been a lot of people. Uh, I, I wouldn't even be able to 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 put an answer on a ballpark. I mean. I I didn't expect for people to still be listening to the episode, which is incredible. I mean, we got tagged in a post an hour ago, I think it was, Jeremy, mm-hmm. about someone that had just listened. And that's incredible. Um, amazing. I probably get, uh, I would say, on LinkedIn, anywhere between sort of uh, five to ten people a month will send me a message and say... Mm-hmm. 
just listened. It was really cool. I wanted to connect. Hmm. And so that's, that's incredible. Uh, wow. Really incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was, I'm looking back at the date. So we recorded it in 2019 and actually published it. I published it on July 14th of 2019. So it has been kind of ages ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, when the world was still normal, Jeremy. (laughs) I know, right? I know. Okay. So what has happened um, since then in your, your world? Are you still an EA at the same company? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've still got my nine to five, which I refer to as my uh, Bruce Wayne job. Uh, so I do uh, – so still the EA to the Provost and Senior Vice President at Monash University, which is a job I really love. I've had a change of uh, executive. Um, so I've gone from supporting an incredible professor named Mark to a new incredible professor named uh, Susan Elliott. So very lucky. Love my job. It's awesome. Really very little to complain about. As we talked about in the last, uh, in episode uh, one for us, I sought out this profession. So I'm living the dream. Love it. Uh, But since then, outside of Monash has really shifted. So when we spoke, I knew that I wanted to get into more public speaking and start sharing my story more. And it started sort of rolling from there. And and, uh, literally at the end of 2019, I started getting different EA conferences uh, booked, which was incredible. And then COVID hit. And it meant I had to totally shift what I wanted to do and how I share my story. And so I moved very much online. Uh, I started an Instagram account that's uh, predominantly for this, which is where I'm most active. It's uh, You'll have it in the show notes, I'm sure, but it's at Nick Ginsburg. And so between that and LinkedIn, I started sharing a lot more. Uh, and since then, I've been incredible. I've done some uh, amazing events. So we did a little event called the Techspert Summit in 2020. We had 900 people registered uh, around the world. I think there were 450 people that stayed logged on for six hours watching us. Uh, And we had some incredible speakers. And I've done heaps of sort of virtual presenting and luckily slot in a couple of uh, face-to-face ones. But really this whole thing has been about sharing knowledge getting my story out there, uh, both professionally and personally as well, Jeremy. So I started my own podcast, which has nothing to do with the admin world. I don't want to get anyone uh, (laughs) confused. Uh, But I started my own podcast called The Open Drive, which is about my childhood, growing up with parents that struggled with mental health issues and addiction. And that has also been an incredible thing. So all of that stuff outside of Monash, I refer to as my Batman stuff. (laughs) So um, I wish I was Batman. I'm not, sadly. Uh, But yeah, so that's all the stuff outside of of Monash that I do and I adore it. And uh, the last thing that I've I've done uh, since was actually uh, in the end of 2020, I launched an admin community called The Collective, uh, which is worldwide. And essentially, it's a judgment-free space for admin professionals to get together, to share ideas, to hear from experts from around the world. We had you on our last session, which was incredible. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming. You're welcome. Uh, You're but welcome. I'm, I'm super proud of the collective and the people that we've got in there. So, yeah, 
incredible. So a lot has happened. Uh, wow. That was a very brief summary. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So what has your company, your organization thought about your kind of Batman side hustles? Um, are, have you, I'm, sh- I'm assuming you've told them about it since you're willing to talk about it on a podcast and, and put yourself yeah. out there. But uh, was there like an initial conversation or was it just like, hey, um, you know, what's what you do on your downtime is up to you? How was how that whole uh, conversation? Yeah, look, it's a bit of everything. So I'm a very open and honest person. So I had the conversation and shared with our chief of staff and also – uh, the provost, my executive, said, look, this is what I'm starting to do. I'm really enjoying it. I will make sure that it doesn't encroach on my my work. And if it does, there are things that we can organize around that to make sure that I'm, I'm providing the correct support, um, which I think is really important because at the end of the day, my nine to five is still a huge passion of mine. So I want to make sure that I'm giving 110% to it at all times. And so that conversation was relatively brief, actually. I'm very lucky that I said, this is what I want to do. Are there any dramas? The answer was no. And they've been super supportive. So both uh, Mark, my previous boss, and Sue, my new boss, are super, super, super supportive of what I do. Uh, I know for Mark, he saw it as an extension of himself, uh, so when I was out there speaking publicly around various topics and and obviously he thought I was doing the right thing, he would see that as reflecting positively on him as well, which uh, I hope it did. Yeah. So uh, the conversation was, was pretty easy, I have to say. I was, again, very lucky. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, I, I've had a similar experience where you just – I was just open. I was actually st- – technically started my side hustle before my current uh, day job. And uh, I just had that conversation with my executive too. Like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, I'm really excited about it, um, but I won't let it impact my day job. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, you know, I want to make sure you're good with it. So, um, yeah, that's great. Great to hear. And I think also with that, sorry to jump in, but I think also with those conversations, it's not just about the conversation. You need to be able to sort of uh, 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 walk the talk. So uh, if you are starting a side hustle or you've got something outside of your day job that you are super passionate about, it's really important that if you say, hey, I'm not I'm not going to let this on, encroach on, on what we're doing and what I do nine to five or whatever your hours are, you need to make sure that that's the case. And so over the past coming up to two years, and you would be the same, Jeremy. I haven't let it encroach. I don't think my, I think my executive at times forgot that I do that stuff mm-hmm. because I was able to still keep supporting them at the level that I was pre the side hustle. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification the first-of-its-kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. 
Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus and enroll today. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's talk about authenticity a little bit too. Um, you know, just digging into this a little bit deeper for an executive assistant, you know, oftentimes we are probably tempted to, uh, be inauthentic or we, we don't, we may not call it being inauthentic, <laughs> but, mm. um, but you know, if something's going on where we are working with maybe a difficult executive or challenging direct report of our executive and, you know, we have a different angle on things. We have a different line of sight on how things are going and we have a lot of input and in my opinion, we have a lot of great uh, insight to where the executive and where the team is going or isn't going. But, you know, I know I've struggled with this in my past and I've seen this in other um, assistants as I coach assistants one-on-one and in group settings, you know, it's hard to just be open and honest and just say what we think when Mm -hmm. it feels like our job is on the line or the good relationship we have with, with a colleague is could be on the line. Um, how do you kind of get the confidence to be authentic and stick your neck out there? Um, for, you know, when it's, when you're really like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is the right thing that we need to do, but I don't want to ruffle some feathers. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, look, it's a really tricky thing and it's a it's a balancing act. And when I – so this is probably the, the main thing I speak about. So I have spoken at countless companies for their admin um, uh, networks as part of uh, their companies. And I would say the majority of, of the conversations lead back to this. So the uh, how to be authentic at work when uh, sometimes workplaces don't – enable authenticity and that's not a uh, necessarily a bad thing it's just some cultures uh you, you can't navigate that easily right so for me when i talk about authenticity it's your entire self not just you at work so when what i'm about to to talk through is for you as a whole not just jeremy at work right mm-hmm. it's it's every everything you have to start small uh, you can't, in my my opinion, you cannot go into a situation and have never done uh, that before and dive in headfirst. Uh, it's a, it's terrifying, which means you're probably going to stumble over your words and not seem confident. And and b, it can be quite a shock to those around you if that is how you tackle it. So how I go about it is very much baby steps. So. Uh, I, when I talk about it, it's very much in the sense of uh, how we uh, so so how we we brand ourselves as well. So all of these are so sort of closely linked, right? So if you can start bringing more of yourself to work, that includes your your authentic self, bringing more of yourself to work and doing it in baby steps. So uh, looping in parts of you to the conversation in your workplace that then shows people 
that you are more than just someone that sits at a desk, right? So that's step one. Then you have uh, this whole other piece of being able to find your voice and speak up. What I often tell people is to start by thinking it through in your head. So when you're in a team meeting, for example, when someone asks a question or it gets to a point where questions are ready, you have something that you want to ask, but you don't have the confidence. Write it down and just hold on to it. Guarantee you that it will come up at some point where someone will ask a similar question and then you can go, great, that was right. I should have asked it. And the more you do that, the more you end up with confidence built around being able to speak up. Then when you have that, you're able to speak up. Now, you don't dive in head first. So you would go in and, and on a smaller step and say, actually, I think if we did it this way, it might be better for X reasons. And then the more you do that, the more you're able to have these conversations. When I am in a meeting, I, I'm generally I'm an opinionated person anyways, um, but I would never speak up. So five years ago, I found it really hard to speak up. Now, not so much. If I feel like something should be handled a certain way or there's something that we can do differently, I will voice it. But it's about having the right intent, making sure that you're coming at it from the right point of view, that you're not being nasty. It's about sharing and having that, yeah, that good intent so that people feel feel all right as well. Hmm. Yeah, I love what you said about writing it down and mm. almost like testing <laughs> testing it out um it helps that's exactly what it is it helps to yeah, be repetitive and like just keep practicing and um i was talking to somebody the other day about you know there, she was an introvert i'm i'm a introvert and mm-hmm. she's like how did you like now have a podcast and do speaking and all this stuff even though you're an introvert and i said well i i scripted pretty much everything <laughs> early on like mm-hmm. I just wrote down every single word that I was going to say if I was speaking. I wrote down every single question that I was going to ask if I was in the podcast. And, you know, you can even tell like two years ago when we first talked, you know, I had that interview scripted. I was like, here are the questions I'm going to ask. I just went boom, boom, boom. And, you know, today I didn't even send you questions. So I was like, oh, we'll just wing it. Um <laughs> So anyway, it's just, yeah, that writing it down and practicing it. And then you just, over time, you build that confidence. So yeah, well said. Yeah. And it's such a, it's, it is, I think a lot of people underestimate that, that part of it, because if you, if you, everyone has thoughts when they're sitting, particularly in a meeting, if we talk about that, everyone will have a thought, right? But when you don't speak up, it's generally because you feel like it's either a stupid question or a stupid idea uh, or that it's not going to be received well. So what by writing those down, you can gauge where your mind is and, and where your thinking is compared to the rest of the group because someone else will end up asking the question. There'll be an extrovert in the meeting that will say it. You just have to, to wait for that moment for someone to say it. And when that happens, tick it and go, oh, see, I was right. Perfect. So next time I'm going to do it or in a couple of times I'm going to do it. It's all about going at your own pace and making sure that you're not overwhelming yourself because that's where people fall over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Okay, let's shift gears and talk about communities. So, you know, you've got 
um, your community that you said pretty much since the episode 18 of this podcast in July of 2019, uh, you've been building your network and your community. And what do you see is the value of community, the number one kind of value of a community specifically for executive assistants? It's, I mean, so I have two, so I've got an internal Monash network that we have, and there's about 250 people in that. And then I've got the collective and both of them have the same benefit. And it has been super clear during COVID. So I think the number one benefit is being able to talk to people that are like you. So being able to, to bring a group together that have similar interests, understand your job, because the role of an EA, no matter what level you're at, is lonely. It can be really lonely. Uh, I started, and I think I mentioned this in episode 18, that I started the Monash EA network because I sat in a building filled with EAs and felt totally alone. And so both of those communities, building those has purely been about connection about giving people a space where they feel like they belong and they can share their thoughts around various things. And so having that uh, is, is just so powerful. And I'm sure you found a similar thing um, with your community as well. How do you kind of fight back or maybe that's not the right way to say it, but... Um, cultivate your community in such a way that it's not just a bunch of the same, like, how do you, how do you make sure that it's, you can talk to people like you, but also Mm. learn from people not like you. Like, I found for me, for my community, uh, the leader assistant community, I found that it's, listen, we have, we have this one likeness if you will. And that's the fact Mm. that we are executive assistants. We're growth minded executive assistants. And that's the thing that connects us. But then all the other stuff, you know, your uh, religious beliefs, your Mm -hmm. ethnicity, I can't ever say that word. Um, Your, you know, where you're from, how old you are, how many years you've been assistant, all that stuff doesn't matter. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's kind of how I've, I've seen it. But just curious about how you've cultivated your community so that it's diverse. Because <laughs> yeah. I agree, it has to be a niche. It has to be like, oh, you've got to have this, this thing that like everybody can connect and relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you really nailed it. So at, for both of them, the, the common denominator is that we are assistants. Everything outside of that, people are different. And that that doesn't matter what community you're in, um, uh, in terms of assistant communities, doesn't matter which one you're in, that will generally be the pattern, right? Because we are all humans outside of work. We have different views. Uh, we have different life experiences that all play a part in how we interact with people. And so for, for me, and particularly when I talk about the collective, I started that to be judgment-free for a very specific reason. I wanted people to be able to go in and say, hey, we have this common thing, which is that we're an assistant, but here's everything else about me. And 
I I want it to be an open, vulnerable, accepting uh, place where people can share whatever they want. And that's happened. But you have to you have to lead by example. So for me, when I started the collective in particular, and similarly with uh, with the Monashia network, it's about leading that discussion how you want people to respond as well. So we have monthly Zoom calls uh, for two time zones. So I have two monthly Zoom calls. And part of that is doing a round table uh, at the collective. And it's, how are you? It's got nothing to do. It doesn't have to have anything to do with your job. It's how are you going? What's happening in your world? Is there anything you want to get off your chest? My mum passed away beginning of this year. And let me tell you, the collective heard every part of my grief journey because that's what the community is for. That is why I built it that way. Not for me personally, um, although that did help, but it's to enable people have those, to have those, those same conversations. So throughout COVID, particularly here in Australia, where we've had some of the longest lockdowns in the world, people are sharing how they're feeling. And I mean, that does huge amounts uh, to to destigmatize anything to do with mental health, which is another huge passion of mine. So, leading by example and, and showing people how you want them to show up in your group, in your community, um, and not over manufacture it. Keep it casual, keep it fun. Allow people to the space to be able to mingle and get to know each other. Yeah, I love what you said about just checking in and saying, you know, how are you? Um, so there's two questions I like to do when I'm doing that with people, uh, or two questions I like to ask, and I'm going to ask them to you right now. Okay, So great. Uh, the first one is, what are you grateful for? Oof. So hilariously, I do uh, End the Week with Gratitude every Friday uh, on LinkedIn and Instagram, which you may have seen. Uh, so... I think about this stuff all the time. So at the moment, uh, uh, I am especially grateful uh, for, I think well, hilariously last week's was about the, the connections I've made in the EA community. But right at this second, Jeremy, I am grateful for the sun and fresh air. And those, those are little things, but we are moving out of winter here in Australia and I'm super grateful that I can stand out on our patio in the sun with fresh air and not have a mask on because I'm in my home. Nice. So that's what I'm grateful for. Nice. Yeah, we're uh, enjoying some amazing fall weather here in Missouri and it's going to get cold pretty quick. So I'm trying to enjoy every <laughs> every last uh, minute uh, before it drops 40 degrees. Oh, dear. <laughs> Okay, so the second question um, is, what concerns you? Oh, I'm going to go a bit um, uh, worldly on this. I'm, what concerns me at the moment is people have, uh, are very quick to talk about a lot of things at the moment. Uh, so... For me, my space is in mental health. Um, 
of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing at the moment. So a lot of people are, are very quick to talk about mental health and how important it is to destigmatize it. Um, but it concerns me that these conversations don't seem to be happening enough offline. So there's lots of conversations online that are around mental health, which is fantastic and they need to happen and they need to continue happen, happening. Uh, but from what I can see, there aren't enough of those conversations also happening face to face. Yeah. How do you, you know, I know you said that you've been in a bunch of lockdowns, but how do you, <coughs> how do you have those conversations in person? Like, Hey, do you, you literally say, do you comment on people and, uh, on the thread and say, Hey, let's take this offline and chat about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Or jumping. So obviously, so I'm still in lockdown in Melbourne. I can't go anywhere. I can't see anyone face to face. But it, you can still have that quote unquote face to face. So you can jump on a Zoom or a Skype call and or a Teams call and have a chat with someone if you notice that they're not feeling great. Even phone calls. So myself and our, our team at work, we have regular phone calls and half of them are about work maybe maybe the rest are how are you traveling they're important mental health conversations and not that you would go hi jeremy i want to have an important conversation with you about your mental health that's not how you want to lead into it <laughs> it would be hey jeremy how are you traveling or uh exactly those two questions that you've just asked me jeremy are perfect so what are you grateful for what's something that's bothering you at the moment mm -hmm. really good questions yeah. So, okay. So speaking of mental health, what's one thing that you would encourage those listening, um, specifically assistants all over the world who are struggling with varying degrees of severity of mental health, um, and yeah. obviously different, different types and different seasons and all that. What's one thing that you would uh, say to those listening who are really struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I mean, we could do a whole episode on this alone, Jeremy, but I will, I will summarize it for you. So, uh, there's a couple of things. You're, you're not alone. Other people, um, are absolutely feeling a similar way. You just may not know it. And seeking help is not weak. Um, and this is particularly to people that have quite a high level of pride in themselves will often see uh, seeking help or talking to someone as a weak form. It actually is incredibly courageous to be able to say, hey, I need to talk to you about this or uh, go to your, your, your GP, your doctor and say, I need to, to, to get a referral through to a psychologist to talk to someone. That's a really courageous thing to do. For me, just very briefly, I... I grew up pretty traumatic childhood uh, with my parents. I'm very lucky I don't have any sort of severe mental health issues. However, there's a lot to process from that and everybody has their own experiences. And I think everybody at some point in their life should be able to, to stop and go and see someone professionally and talk it out. Even from a work perspective, it's really important. Most companies will have some form of, and especially in Australia, um, a free counselling service as part of a of uh, your employment. I don't know about the states, but definitely here in Australia there is. Uh, and 
use those. I mean, I remember having that conversation to go and talk to someone to process what had happened in my childhood. I was terrified. And there's a couple of things that I was I was worried about, and I'm going to share them because I think it's really important for people to hear. A, I was scared that uh, my the, the therapist was going to open the lid and Pandora's box would just kind of explode and he wouldn't be able to put me back together. And then the other thing, which didn't happen, by the way, that's not how therapy works. Um, and then the other thing was that I was going to be taking a, a, a spot away from someone who needed it more than I did. Hmm. So I didn't feel like I had any severe mental health issues. I just needed help processing. Whereas there are people that are really struggling that still don't go see someone. I felt like I was taking a position away from them and everybody should have the right to go speak to someone. So I wanted to share those, but you're not alone and it's not weak to go and talk to someone. And it's actually incredibly important. Love it. Yeah, that's uh, great, great tips. I think that the asking for help is uh, one of the hardest things for people. And you're right. It's it's actually strength to ask for help. So hugely well said. Yeah. Um, okay. So to kind of wrap things up, I, I did want to call out again for people to check out episode 18 to listen to part one um, of our conversation. I was looking it up again because it's been so long I was forgetting what we <laughs> talked about. Um, but leaderassistant.com slash 18 to listen to episode 18. Uh, we talked about productivity. We talked about managing mm-hmm. email and we talked about sharing your story. So great uh, topics uh, if for those interested in checking that out. Um, but what is one resource, uh, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a Ted talk, maybe it's a, you know, uh, course or podcast. What's one re- resource that you would recommend for assistance right now? Yeah. Uh, I, I would highly recommend, and it's, uh, I mean, I chose Brené Brown as my leadership quote for a reason. I would choose any of her books. Um, So obviously there are so many incredible um, assistant-led different things out there that you can learn from, and all of them do a really good job. I mean, obviously, Jeremy, I'm talking to you, and you have phenomenal stuff like your book and this podcast and all of that. But if you want something that isn't assistant-specific but still applies to your world and how you lead. Uh, Brené Brown's work is incredible. Now, I'm not a reader, so I'm not someone that will sit down with a book. Uh, I'm someone that will get it on Audible and listen to the author. And so that's what I do. And I've listened to, I think, almost all of her books. You can start with anyone you want, but she is brilliant at particularly sort of that courageous leadership, uh, vulnerability, which is, I think, critical for our roles, that high emotional intelligence. Awesome. Yeah. And I definitely recommend Brene Brown as well. And I love that, um, you know, your point about not just uh, assistant resources, but uh, (laughs) I think that it's, it's sometimes assistants can kind of get stuck in the world of assistant resources and there's so much more out there 
um, that they can learn from. And so I always say, read what your executives are reading um, if you really yes. want to grow. So awesome. Huge. Couldn't agree more with that, Jeremy. Well, Nick, I really appreciate you taking time again. Um, it's, uh, yeah, well, maybe in two years we can do it again. <laughs> Every two years, <laughs> right? We both yeah, um, I'm down. I would love that. <laughs> so where can people find you and what's the best way for them to reach out? And I'll put everything in the show notes, but what's the yeah. kind of one place for them to, to find you? Yeah, so Instagram is my, uh, my, my sort of favorite uh, communication platform. So I'm a visual person, uh, but I'm on Instagram all the time. You can find me nice and easy, just at Nick Ginsburg. Uh, you'll see my face pop up. Uh, but also LinkedIn is also a, a very strong sort of platform for me as well. I, I really enjoy being on there. So those two are the best uh, places or just head straight to my web- website. So nickginsburg.com, everything's in there. You can flick me an email. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and your thoughts on this episode. I would love to hear it like I have from the last episode, which is incredible. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I'll link to the other episode as well in the show notes. Um, And speaking of show notes, this episode's show notes can be found at leaderassistant.com slash one. That's episode 136, leaderassistant.com slash 136. All right, Nick. Well, keep doing what you're doing. Keep being awesome. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. And we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com